When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Customer service, I actually call it customer no service. It's been something I've talked about for years and years. It's a constant frustration. Have you noticed how much harder it is now to even find the phone number for a business to call them? And that's their deal at companies is they want to make them hard to reach. And then when you reach somebody, wow, many times it's one of these contract call centers could be here in the United States, could be anywhere in the world, but the people don't know anything and they're not able to do anything. So that's bonkers, right? We're going to talk about that. Also, Here we are in October, and some places in the United States, heaters are already going on. We're staying indoors more. I want to talk about what we're facing with winter heating and electricity bills. We're going to talk that through. So I got a kick out of a story I read in the Financial Times, a European English language newspaper talking about uh, customer no service. They didn't use my term, but they were talking about moves happening in Europe. Like in Spain now, all companies in Spain have to have a customer number and they have to have it answered by an actual real human in less than three minutes. Now, as much as I can't stand customer no service. I'm not really sure that was a job for the Spanish government to dictate that your calls be answered, there be a phone number, and that the human be there in three minutes. Now, apparently, the same thing is going to happen in Great Britain with specific rules. So what is clear, though, is that Companies that treat us this way when something goes wrong are just so dumber than a box of rocks, I can't even tell you. Because the real way you build customer loyalty, if a company actually cares about customer loyalty, is what they do when something goes wrong for a customer. You want to get an ultra-loyal customer for years to come. When something does mess up, You serve them. I mean, I think about what people have gone through in the U.S. with how messed up the nation's airlines have been at times this year. And then when you try to call an airline that you might wait on hold, I know this is weird, 36 hours to talk to somebody is crazy dumb. And then... 
businesses that you go to their website and you try to find a number? I mean, think about it. There's even websites like Get Human devoted to just telling you how you can talk to a human being at a company. So I wonder, the people, the brainiacs who run these companies that treat customer service as an expense to be avoided instead of a service to be offered to build a tighter connection with the customer. I mean, it's just flat out dumb to say, oh, we don't want to talk to our customers. But the funniest that you want to really annoy me about something, it's how the marketing geniuses at companies over and over again have deals that are not available to customers. They're only available to non-customers. Once you think about this, if you if you have MBA disease, you got your MBA and you're like, this is great. We're going to get all these new people by doing this, but our existing customers, we're going to treat terribly. The idea that you'll see an offer and it will say, if you look in the terms and conditions, not available to existing customers. So wait, so you've been loyal to us. So for you, we got nothing. You get nothing. You get the high bills. But on the other hand, if you've been with our competitor, we love you. And we got this for you. And this is why I've talked about over the years, companies are so of this mentality to award disloyalty instead of loyalty. And if that's the mentality of somebody you're doing business with, then play their game. If you're at a place and they only do this nice thing for people who have not been giving them money every month, then maybe you should go to their competitor and say, hey, I'm new here. What you got for me? If they want to live in a world where they punish the customers that are loyal to them and reward those that are not loyal to them, then play their game and protect your wallet. But isn't it weird? Who runs a business where they don't tell you their phone number? A lot of people apparently now. And why is that a good idea? Tell me why. Oh, because then they, well, either people will go away or they'll use an online chat or some cheaper form of customer service. No, you know, it's funny about online chat. So many companies have gone to online chat and so I'll go to use them and then it will say online chat's not available at this time. Oh my gosh. So, you know, it's funny because we provide free one-on-one advice and we actually give our number. Mm -hmm. And answer the phone. Yeah. I mean, what a novel concept. No, it's a robot you're talking to. No, it's actually a real human. <laughs> and if you want to see information about that, clark.com slash CAC. All right. And we'll then there's to- a secret phone number. No, it's actually no. published right there. Lochelle in Missouri wrote in and said, I'm traveling to Florida in January of 23 for five days. I have two rental car reservations. Will the rental car shortage still be a problem at that point? Or do I need to make another reservation just in case? So January is actually the low point of the peak season for travel to Florida and other fun in the sun spots. 
So January, unless you're traveling King Day weekend, you should not have a problem with availability of rental cars that weekend. So I wouldn't fret or freak out too much. I am finding, though, for local use of cars, that the car rentals have been so expensive in a number of places that it's turning out to be cheaper for me to get around, even at the now higher rates of Uber and Lyft, to get around by Uber and Lyft than renting a car. It completely depends on how many trips you're going to take by car, how many miles you're going to drive, if that could save you money versus renting a car. And it would just completely depend on how many places you're going, Lochelle, whether that might be a viable alternative for you on the Florida trip. And this is from Brian, who actually lives in Florida. My housekeeper's purse was stolen, along with two personal checks I had paid to her. Besides asking her to accept Zelle in the future. (laughs) You're right. He says, ha ha, just, just checking to, that you took your blood pressure meds. Oh, today. good, good. Just Knew kidding. that that would just send my heart like into a bad space. You, okay. you kind of bent over. Is there anything I should do to protect myself besides canceling the checks? What digital payment platforms would you suggest for paying her in the future? Right. So you got some housekeeping to do. If a criminal stole the pocketbook and knows what to do with those checks, your worry is not that those checks are washed and used. Your worry is that they uh, print checks with those account numbers on and try to pass them as you. I know this is a hassle, but I would consider, Brian, changing your checking account number because there's just so much danger once a criminal has your routing number and account number from the bottom of a check. So I would just think about that. Zell is poison. No one should ever use Zell. You should know that your bank may have automatically made Zell live on your bank account. Call them and tell them to deactivate access to Zell. Zell is Frankenstein's monster invented by and owned by the giant monster mega banks that is now infested like cockroaches or rats the entire banking sector. So just remember that. Zell equals bad. So in this case, how would I pay your housekeeper? I would set up a separate online account, because the online checking accounts don't have minimums, don't have monthly fees, that you would use for either Cash App or Venmo. So you only have the amount of money in there that you might be using to pay a housekeeper using Venmo or Cash App. You don't want any of these payment apps, even independent of the trashy Zelle that no one should ever use under any circumstances to send or receive money. Zelle, bad, remember. Cash App and Venmo can be used, but as long as you coordinate off, you only use it to pay people known to you, family members, friends, a regular worker in your life would be just fine. and But the separate checking account, what it does is it protects your core money that you have for all your everyday life expenses. All right, let's review. Zelle, good or bad? Bad. Good. 
New checking account <laughs> number, too, with those checks being stolen. Right. Um, Stephen in Pennsylvania says, I'm 49 and was able to retire early this year, and I'm wondering whether I should keep my term insurance. It's a $1 million policy and about 10 years of remaining on it. My wife is 38 and still working. She also has a term policy. Since I'm no longer working, should I keep paying $70 a month? I may go back to work someday, but not because I have to. So, Stephen, this is a very interesting wrinkle. So, 49, you've got this million-dollar policy. It's costing you relatively small sum, $840 a year. You bought that when you were younger. I'm assuming it's a a 20-year level term policy. Could be a 30-year level term policy with you being 49. Level term means that you're paying the same premium today at 49 at a much higher mortality risk than when you originally took it out at 29 or 39. So at this point, that million dollars becomes an investment for the benefit of your spouse. So in your case, it's worth you spending over the next 10 years, we're talking about $8,400 to spend to potentially, in the event of your untimely demise before you turn 59, to be able to give your then grieving widow a million dollars. The amount of money at stake is so small versus the benefit that that's why you'd keep that policy in place for her benefit. Coming up, though, I want to talk about something that's not to your and my benefit, That's what's going on with winter electricity and heating bills. I want to tell you what's underlying that and what you and I need to be doing about it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a winter that would be really great if we have an unusually warm weather pattern in a lot of the country. Because of the disruptions in Europe caused by Russia, The cost of energy in the United States is higher this year. Electricity rates, as we go through the winter, depending on where you live in the country, typically will be up somewhere 5 to 10%. Uh, Natural gas accounts for, in a lot of markets, roughly maybe a third of the electricity that's produced. And then you take the, the raw cost of the energy, And that's where you end up, depending on how power rates are set where you live, with an increase that you're going to face most places somewhere 5 to 10%. So we already face financial pressures from general inflation. And then we have specific things because of the Russia factor. And then you throw in this people who heat their homes and maybe heat water in their homes with natural gas and pay directly for natural gas. Natural gas rates have gone up a whole bunch because we've been sending as much natural gas as possible to Europe in the form of LNG, where it goes to a terminal 
at the coast converted to an ultra cool liquefied natural gas formula and then is shipped to an LNG terminal in Europe so that Europeans don't freeze to death this winter. So it's a worldwide energy market. We are the world's largest producer of energy and we have been our producers. It's not specifically to help the Europeans out. It's just the energy produced in the world flows to where it will bring the greatest return to investors. And right now, because of the disruptions in Europe, that energy that would normally stay in our market and would hold down our prices is going overseas where the producers can make the most money. And the net effect is we're paying more, substantially more, for natural gas here in the United States moving through this winter. So we can't control the weather. We can't control what's going on with Russia. And so what we're left with is what you and I can control. And this is something I talk about every fall, is about how you and I have the ability to reduce the amount of energy we use. And this is a year we've got to be more conscious of it because a lot of people are going to face that that heat with natural gas could face increases in your costs that will work out to be like a third more. So where electricity customers are typically facing 5 to 10%, you might be facing a third more. The Europeans are facing 300% higher costs in a lot of countries. And so this cost that the best guess means that the average person to heat this winter is going to face a cost when you average everybody out around the country. Some people in very cold climes with very expensive energy are going to face much higher than this. But you figure the average person over the winter heating season is going to face a bill of $1,200, somewhere in there. Let's just call it 1200 to keep it simple. Figure it's considered to be a four-month heating season. So we're talking average household, 300 a month. Some people much less, others much more. So we've got to be really smart about how we do things. The simplest of all, the cheapest, and if you've not done it, the low-hanging fruit you need to grab is you get installed one of the smart thermostats. It'll cost you from $75 to $200, depending on which one you get. They do a great job at learning your patterns and reducing your consumption. You might consider doing what we had to do in the energy crises in the 70s, where people were facing unusually large bills compared to what we had expected and had prior don't do anything ridiculous like wear overcoats indoors, but you may need to wear you know, a sweater indoors or things like that, that you're able to reduce the temperature. Because when you talk to energy experts about the energy consumption at a home, summer energy consumption at a home in winter for uh, cooling or heating, the difference of just a couple of degrees 
between the outdoor temperature and what you're cooling or heating inside makes a major difference in your bills. The obvious things are if you're in a home that leaks air like a sieve, you need to get adequate insulation. And if it's a home you own, single family home, you need to fix this. It's not expensive. And particularly with energy costs are going to be this winter, the payback is so fast, it'll make your head spin. And simple things like caulking and weather stripping that we know we're supposed to do, but we don't seem to get around to. So I just want you to know we have more control over this than we might realize because they're the factors we can't control. We can't control what Russia has been up to. We can't control what winter's going to bring. But we can control within the parameters that we face how much our bills are going to be by changing behavior and making sure that our homes are as efficient as they possibly could be. And remember to turn that water heater in your home down from the typical 140 to 120, something I've talked about before. Well, speaking of homes and heating, Fernando in California says, Help Clark, I bought a new home in July of 2021. I was doing my annual review of my budget versus expenses when I realized that I am not paying for electricity. Nothing at all. All my bills are paid automatically. I checked the power company's website and it turns out I don't even have an account set up. Every month I check my credit card and bank statements to ensure there aren't any outrageous charges. I've never thought to look out for what is not being charged. I'm worried if this is an error by the power company and one day they'll realize it and back bill me. Can they do that? Worse yet, who is paying? I certainly am not, nor have I ever received a bill. The previous owner... I'd love to be able to ride this wave of free electricity, but sooner or later, someone is going to notice. Okay, Uh, this is messy. So it's possible you pay all your bills automatically. There is a possibility. I don't know if the person you bought the home from, Fernando, is really not paying attention to their accounts. You know, we talk about people who never Mm -hmm. review their checking account statements. It's possible the person who sold you the home is still paying that bill automatically. Power's never been transferred into your name. The sooner you deal with it, the better. We're 17 months into this at this point. I would go ahead and contact uh, Edison, tell them what the story is, and they'll say, wait a minute, you're calling to tell us you want to pay us money? And the answer is yes, because I can tell you're like, oh man, this is a burden. Usually in a situation like this, let's say it's the power company that somehow is messed up, is giving you free power. It is reasonable for them to do a payment plan with you to bring that current. If it's the prior owner who's been paying the money and it turns out they're still being billed for it and they've not noticed, you could offer to do the same thing with them. You can say, hey, I do automatic payments just like you do. I didn't even realize I wasn't paying and you were paying my bill, thank you very much, but I need to pay you for these bills. Somehow, the sooner you stop it, the less you're going to have to worry about, the easier it'll be to clean up. And I'd love to hear back from you, Fernando, what you find out, who the mysterious, or what the mysterious, who or what entity is or person that's been kind enough to pay your bills for you for the last 17 months. 
Uh, this is from Steve in California. My mother recently found paper EE savings bonds given to me from my, my bar mitzvah in the 80s. My credit union won't redeem them, and I don't have a bank account at a monster mega bank. I know I can fill out a form, have my signature notarized, and mail them to the government, but I'm not comfortable mailing about $2,000 worth of bonds. What should I do? Thanks for all the great advice you give. So, Steve, first of all, it's really nice of you to do this gift to the federal government because they've had a certain amount of time because you only earn on those 30 years. They've had a certain amount of time that you've been giving a gift to the government because they're not going to make up the interest past those 30 years. Second, I would not fret about mailing them in to the feds. Get the signature notarized. You know, in this case, 2000 bucks. I'd spend the money to send it in one of those express envelopes at the Postal Service. So there's clear tracking and tracing the whole way. Make copies Make of everything, Make copies, right? thank you. You want copies of all the serial numbers on them if they do go missing because the savings bonds people... I wonder if you still mail to Parkersburg, West Virginia. It used to be everything went to Parkersburg, West Virginia with savings bonds. Anyway, the system that they have is really good if bonds go missing and you have all the serial numbers. So you want to record all those serial numbers before you send them in. But I would feel comfortable that they're going to go as they should. They're not going to get lost and you will get the money. And I want this to be a reminder, based on what Steve said, for everybody else, there's any chance at any time anybody got savings bonds as a kid, whatever it is, go look and see when they were issued. Because 30 years, they turn into a pumpkin. They don't lose their value. They just don't gain value anymore after that point. And Jacob of Virginia says, my wife and I recently switched to a local credit union, thanks Clark, because if you deposit more than $5,000 a month, you get a 5% interest rate up to $10,000. The interest rate after that is 0.3%. To capitalize- Not even bad compared to most places, the 0.3, but the 5.0 is really great. To capitalize on this interest rate, we have just moved our entire checking account and our emergency fund as well to maximize the savings. My wife is uncomfortable with all of our cash being in one spot, but the interest is so good. (laughs) She also does not love the idea of having random accounts open with online banks. Is the money safe enough in this checking account or should we look elsewhere to place some of it? It's absolutely fine. Until, Jacob, you and your wife have a quarter million dollars or more That's the limit of NCUA. That's the credit union equivalent of FDIC, where you have full backing from the feds. Until you get to a quarter million, you got nothing to worry about. The money's completely safe. Same is true for online banks. You have the FDIC quarter million. Credit union, you got the NCUA quarter million. Nothing wrong. Don't worry. Be happy. Having all the money in the credit union is a great thing. And earning the 5%, that's quite a deal. And I want to tell you, here's the deal too. If we didn't get to your question today, our Team Clark Consumer Action Center is here to serve you free advice, information, help, one-on-one. You call 636-49-CLARK. Our hours, 10 in the morning, 
until 4 in the afternoon. That's Eastern Time Zone times. Again, 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. Have a great day.